0: And welcome to the Hometown Headlines Podcast Edition. John Ruckermiller with you, thanking you for joining us today. Doing another long-form podcast for you today, and we are joined by a downtown expert. We'll call him a regular contributor, at least to the radio days as well. And that is Mark Cochran with Sevian Design Lab. Good morning, Mr. Cochran. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. We're saying morning. Actually, we're doing, this at what, 12 o'clock? Yeah, yeah, it does, is. does that matter on podcast? what I'm time of not, day it is? I'm not
1: sure. I'm not sure.
0: I'm it's so in this kind brand of Brand new format. Another bad habit to break. We're, we're working on that one as well. But a good habit we're not going to break is having Mac, Mark around with us today talking about what's going on. He's always got a ton of things going on. Right now, though, we're going to get a little bit down and dirty, talk about underground Rome. There's a uh, a, a news connection to this coming up in June, if you're listening to us, uh, after the fact. It's still some great information here. Mark, good morning. And let's talk about, though, what is coming up this weekend first.
1: Sure. So on June the 22nd, this coming Saturday, uh, 2019, I might add, in case somebody's listening to this in 2020, uh, at uh, 9, 11, 1, and 3, we're having underground tours of, of Broad Street
0: underground tours. You can buy tickets for them, twenty five dollars a pop. And this is not a uh, an event where uh, Mark's trying to build eight thousand more things. You doing this for a very good cause in this community.
1: That's right. This is to uh, the proceeds go to Sexual Assault Center. Every single penny or dime anybody takes in for this event goes straight to the Sexual Assault Center. Nobody gets paid for for anything. I don't get paid for speaking. Everybody's volunteer. It, we do it because we love history and uh, we think obviously it's a, it's a fantastic cause. And we want to help help them out, and it's yeah, it's fun. About two hours, right? Each one. Two hours, two hours, roughly each one. Some some notes. Uh, if you do decide to come, bring closed toed shoes. No children under twelve because of insurance. That's like a we can't we can't do that. You know, that's some people bring their kids and they're like, please let us we. We would love to, but the insurance really frowns on it. And bring flashlights and just just come and have some fun. The the one other thing I would say is there are some staircases that are difficult to navigate, and the the ground is, is not even in some of the basements, so just be aware of that. We said yes. To t- we we're talking before about this. Probably a good thing to wear tennis shoes
0: just in case. Yes, should be a lot of fun. Again, it is uh, nine, eleven, one, and three. That's right. The time thing there. Tickets twenty-five dollars. Again, hex- helping the Sexual Assault Center of Northwest Georgia. Also part of course of Rome Celebrity Dance Challenge. That's correct. That's which correct. Which you are a veteran of. As well. I am a
1: veteran of, and this time we're we're doing this to help Emily Johnson out. Good. So. Great cause coming up here. Now, here's the important part. You're going to think, okay, so why
0: do you want 25 bucks? What are we doing on this Saturday if this is being heard before then? Uh, what's going on is you're going to get down and dirty, go underground in downtown Rome. Mark is an expert
1: on that. Take us on a tour. Sure. So I think the, the, the best way to start this is to start back in 1834 when Rome was founded. And I know that's an odd place to start, but just uh, everybody hang on with me. So if you go back to where Rome was founded, it was founded at a spring that's at the corner of 3rd Avenue and Broad Street. The spring is still there. The reason you can't see it is the spring is now covered up by about 8 to 9 feet of dirt. Broad Street actually stopped at 3rd Avenue. And from 3rd Avenue back down to the river, it was a slow, gentle slope. It was kind of swampy. Nobody thought that you could build there. So Broad Street really went from 3rd Avenue on up to towards Turn and Bacall. And then at some point, somebody decided, well, you know what, that's decently valuable land. Let's start to build that up. And they did. And so from there, you had the 200 block get built up and the 100 block get built up. And eventually, you had a bunch of buildings on Broad Street. But the problem was none of the floor levels were the same. And part of the reason for that is Broad Street just kind of meandered up and down. It wasn't really one flat elevation to go along. So that caused some issues. And those issues were, well, if we want everybody to be level and we want Broad Street to be level, how are we going to fix it? And to be honest, nobody really cared for a very long time. And then the flood of 1886 came along. And the flood of 1886, people are probably most familiar with that. And that's the one you've seen the picture of the little paddle boat going down, you know going down next to in front of the Nevin Opera House. And so that flood was absolutely devastating. It covered, I don't know, probably twelve feet of Broad Street in water. and if if it's okay, I'd like to read an article that that we dug up from the Rome News Tribune. And before I do that, let me give kudos to some people if that's okay. Sure. Kelly O'Meara. Paul O'Mara's daughter, uh, helped us out tremendously about five years ago. She was still in college, and we hired her as an intern for the summer. And we told her that her only job was to go and and research everything that she could find about underground Rome and boy did she she did a great job she found pictures and articles she went back through the journals and ledgers of the city commission and and dug up just copious amounts of, of of information it was great and one of the things she found was was this article that i'm about to read so let me set the stage for you it says the day is march 29th 1886 Heavy rains have drenched Rome and Floyd County for several days. Swollen tributaries have poured water into Rome's three rivers. Since the rains began, flash floods have covered a wide area of the county. The Ustanala is rising eight inches an hour, and aged Romans familiar with the ways of floods fear a record-breaking freshet is in the making. The middle section of the rome Carrollton Railway Bridge has washed away and is lodged against the South Rome Bridge. Broad Street is beginning to flood. Water is creeping steadily across the street from rampaging Ustanala and Etowah rivers. March 30th. Water is now two feet deep on Broad Street. Merchants are busy transferring products from the street level to higher ground. Most merchants are placing goods well above the previous high water mark. Superior Court has adjourned until Monday, and the city of Seven Hills is completely cut off by rail from any other point. April 1st. Connections with the outside are completely cut off. No mail, telegrams, or messages have entered or left the city today. The steamer Mitchell, with Captain Luke Mitchell at the wheel, has just paddled up Broad Street and discharged passengers. Two of the passengers to leave the boat were six-year-old Wyatt Foster and his mother. Now, this is where it gets interesting because it goes on to interview Wyatt Foster. Wyatt Foster, well-known Roman and civic leader, says he does not remember the trip personally, but remembers the story his mother told him. Mr. Foster said the trip began when he and his mother left Foster's Mill by horse and buggy, riding the mountain ridge near Darlington School. It was there the two met the steamer Mitchell and began their historic journey. The Roman said his mother recounted the trip abroad and told of getting off the boat at what is now the General Forest Hotel. They were en route to visit an ant on Court Street, which is now East 1st. So, a steamboat
0: floated up Street.
1: Broad Street and stopped at the Forest Hotel. Now, very important question here. Could the steamboat park in for how long? <laughs> just trying to make these things relevant. Now, we'll I mean, move on. Th- three hours. Three hours. There uh, we go. It, um, but no, so that's just, you know, that's just a little bit of the reason for it. Now, of course, that was completely devastating. It took them a long time to, to recoup from that. But that event wasn't the sole event for the raising of Broad Street. We had another flood that wasn't quite as serious as that one, again, in 1892, six years later. And by that point, everybody was just sick and tired of it. They're like, okay, so what can we do about it? Well, at that point, we didn't have the levies. The levees wouldn't come for another 50 years. But they said, you know what? We can take Broad Street and we can raise it. So what they did was they hired a civil engineer. And the interesting thing about this civil engineer is he went and surveyed not only the floor levels of every single building on Broad Street, put the property owner's names above the building that he surveyed. He also surveyed the center line of Broad Street itself. And this is great because we have a historic record of the elevation of what Broad Street was. That's pretty cool. And we have an historic elevation of where the buildings actually were. Now, for a long time... My understanding is this survey was kind of forgotten about, you know, and as history goes on, it becomes more elegant. And, you know, people kind of, you know, I don't don't want to say uh, overstate things, but sometimes that happens. But eventually, Selena Tilly found out that this map or this survey actually existed. She contacted Russell McClanahan. He found it at the Rome City Works and and scanned it in and sent it to me and this is basically the Rosetta Stone of Broad Street. Oh, yeah, so it's fascinating. So what we find is that Broad Street actually was lower. The buildings on Broad Street were actually significantly lower. And at one point in time it was raised because we have the survey and on that survey it says let me read it verbatim here. Grade line established by city council, July 10th, 1893. And essentially that grade line was the new elevation of Broad Street. And so you can see this survey and essentially what it does, it shows all of the floor levels that are on the Broad Street buildings and they are significantly below the new established grade line. And so there is your underground room.
0: That's that now we call some Now we call basements.
1: Right, right. Right. And so floor levels were raised, and it appears as though, although I've seen two conflicting sets of of information, that the property owners were responsible for raising their buildings, for filling in their sidewalks in front, and for building retaining walls if necessary to keep the dirt out. And almost certainly all of them would have had to build some kind of retaining wall, which is why if you go in the basement now, you won't see a storefront because the dirt is so heavy they had to build a retaining wall to keep it out of the basement.
0: That's incredible. So that's what's down there. And that's, that really is kind of like part of the tours you've be doing, as we say now, in June 2019. You've been doing these now
1: for five years? Five years. Okay. Five years. And originally we, we did them for a few years before that. And uh, Lee Barba and Delma Stone and I were involved in the Historic Preservation Commission. And there's a subcommittee on that commission uh, as the education part. And so Delmas and Lee and I were sitting around, we're like, what can we do? Well, everybody's, you know, fascinated with the basements. Why don't we try to give a tour? And so we actually set out to do the tour, and the proceeds originally went to back to the Historic Preservation Education Committee because May is Historic Preservation Month. And it kind of lapsed and waned, and, and we didn't really jump back on that. And then I was a participant in the Sexual Assault Center Celebrity Dance Challenge, and I said, you know what, this is – be a great fundraiser and it went so well we just did it again and again and again and I think we're on our fifth, fifth iteration this time so it
0: sells out every time
1: it's every amazing. time and
0: I think you know looking at you tell about what 200 people per time 200 people per time that's incredible get that many people down and the interest out there continues uh, even people who think oh I'm going to see a snake or you know whatever it is down there and all not the case generally right you haven't seen any critters down yet no you? we haven't okay. seen a single critter yet okay that's a big educated word there, critter, by the yeah, way. Yeah, critter, yeah. Well, tell you what we'll do. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back, talk to Mark about what is on this tour and what you do see on there. I think in ear- earlier conversations, and if you're like me, you're creepy and you're thinking Transylvania whatever it is, I think there's even a coffin discussion coming up. There here. is a coffin discussion coming up, absolutely. Right, that, that's our TV-style teaser for you. Come back after <laughs> the break. This is the Hometown Headlines podcast. And welcome back to the Hometown Headline podcast. We're doing a long form today talking to Mark Cochran, also a friend of the program. We'll call us a program. Sure. How about that? Uh, Sevian Design Lab. Uh, we're talking about uh, underground Rome getting down and so-called dirty, looking at what's below Broad Street. Again, as part of an annual event, but also it's an ongoing thing. Incredible history already for Mark. Uh, before we uh, took our break there, we're talking about, you know, how we got to the underground, what's down there. So now let's get in, into the specifics. I mean, specifics, pardon me. You'll be taking folks and you do historic, usually go to different locations around Broad Street. You got, I think, four different buildings. We do. We do this time.
1: Mm-hmm. So coming up here. So let's, let's take folks on, I guess, kind of a verbal tour. Sure. So the four buildings we have are the Spires, Johnny's, the Vogue, and the Romaria History Museum. And a big shout out to those people. They're letting us in those buildings for, for free, and, and they're great They're great friends of, of the Sexual Assault Center, and we appreciate that. So what you'll find in each one of them is a little bit different. For example, in Johnny's, it was called the old Yancey block. And when you go down there, you'll see where some old floor joists were and how they raised the columns and how they, you know, basically blocked up the front of it. There's some great examples down there of old brick and new brick and how you can kind of tell the difference between the two. And it's, it's a fascinating old building, especially on the back of tri- the Tribune Street side. You can really see where Tribune Street actually wasn't raised at the same time as Broad Street. It was raised later. So that's pretty cool. And the Rome Area History Museum, you'll find probably the deepest basement on Broad Street. It's enormous. Wow. And I think part of the reason for that, you know, we had, we were having the earlier discussion how starting at the 300 block, everything just was kind of a gentle slope to the river. Mm-hmm. That's why the 200 block and the 100 block basements – generally are deeper than the ones on the 300, the 400, and the 500 block. But the Rome Area History Museum is a little bit of a novelty in that it's so deep. But the reason I think it's so deep is because that stream that we talked about to begin with Mm -hmm. goes right beside it. Good point. So that's that's my guess as to why that one is so deep. But it's it's deep. It has three to four parts to it. It's really fascinating. They've done some archaeological digs down there, and you get to see some of that. It's really oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. And so um, the spires building is interesting because there's really two parts to it. What happened on Broad Street a lot is a building would get built, and then something would happen to it—fire most of the time—and it would get torn down, and something new would get built on top of it, but the foundations would stay. And so what you have in the spires is two sides of the same coin. So when you walk downstairs on the left-hand side, you'll see stone foundations that are built up four, five, six feet tall. And those are the true old, old stone foundations. And then on the wall directly across the way, it's all brick. So it's just, it's really interesting. And that one's a nice deep basement too. The spires, you know, when they redid that building, they did a good job of cleaning up the basement. So it's nice and neat and tidy and you're going to see some really cool things down there. And the Vogue, the Vogue is kind of, how do you, how do you even describe the, the basement of the Vogue? I don't know. It's 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 probably the most interesting one you'll see. Part of the reason for that is there was a water elevator down there. Now, people don't believe me when I say that water va- water elevators actually existed. But instead of using modern-day you know, electric pumps to power the pistons, they just used water pressure. And I've got a picture of one here, and I'm going to show it in the slideshow for, for the presentation. But basically what it would do is you would fill a piston full of water, mm-hmm. and the piston would pull up, push out a flywheel, and the flywheel would stretch out these cords, and the cord would raise the elevator. And when they let the water out, the piston would go back in, the flywheel would go back down, the cords would wrap back around it, and the elevator would go back down. Now, that's not the only... Water elevator on Broad Street. There's also one in the basement of Pullins, that is enormous. And I kid you not when I say the piston on that is four feet in diameter. My gosh, it's
0: huge. Are they weight specific? I mean, that's how they are weight be. specific. Okay. So
1: the one the one that was in the, the basement of the Vogue was meant to really carry carry people and dry goods. Okay. Our guess is the one in the basement of Pullins was meant to do bales of cotton.
0: Yeah, oh, good point. That's it's, in the cotton uh, block. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: So it's enormous. I can imagine. Like nowadays, you
0: walk up to the elevator, we push buttons, and we sit there in patience trying to guess door number one, two, or three. Right. In this
1: scenario, much different, you know. Uh, completely open. The elevators were completely open. Wow. And so... Unfortunately, during the renovation of the Vogue, the, the water elevator it was in such disrepair it had to be disassembled and, and moved. But what we were able to do is we were able to take the flywheels that I was talking about and turn them into chandeliers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so when you walk into the, the bottom floor of the Vogue and you see these basically mechanical wheels sitting up there and they have all these lights wrapped around them, those are the flywheels from the original water elevator oh, that was in the ar- basement. That's yeah. a
0: great idea. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Kind of bring history forward. So you're going to see you're going to see water elevators down there. Um, I got to ask you the question. I mean, you know, it's it's this is this is we're we're in a news business, sure. Here. So we have a coffin at one time, not anymore, not anymore, but a coffin down there that you guys get, you know, people came across.
1: Sure. So the most interesting thing that Kelly found when she was doing research was a picture of a coffin. And we're not exactly sure where it was dug up. We know the general location. And the general location was between somewhere around 4th Avenue and Broad Street. And apparently the city was digging up for a sewer of some, of some kind, maybe a storm sewer. And they were able to dig up, or not able, they just accidentally dug up a coffin. But the interesting thing about this coffin, it's the most decorative coffin you've ever seen. It, it's pewter, and it has angel wings type things in it. Which that in and of itself is is fascinating. But the most fascinating part about it is it had a small glass window where the person's face was. So you could actually see into the coffin. Now, the thing that Kelly found said that, or it was, I believe it's an article in the Rome News Tribune. And she said, or the article said rather, that people who were older Romans remember this person coming to town. And apparently he was a young doctor. And while he was here, he may have been traveling through, he passed away. And when they dug the coffin back up, some of the older Romans who remembered him coming said he looked the exact same as the day they buried him. Because the coffin, of course, all you folks remember the
0: Johnny Carson show, I believe this coffin truly was hermetically sealed.
1: Yes, this coffin was truly hermetically sealed, absolutely. So that's that's encouraged the preservation, of
0: course, and all. I, I would love to find out whatever happened to that body. I know it sounds weird. Yeah, I would too. Like
1: a... I would too. You know, who knows? Who knows? But it's yeah. I'll, I'll just... have to. I have to dig up the picture for you.
0: No, I got. To, I got to see this one. So no bodies. No. No. No coffins, bodies. No, no bodies. Covered. No. 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 But the average towards self. Walk us through. Yeah. You know, so said we're going down into the vogue, like you said. I mean, sure. We've got the water elevator parts that have been disassembled, but uh, we're going to see that kind of stuff and what else.
1: So at the beginning, everybody meets at the Romeria History Museum, and we give a. Roughly a 20 minute talk, we show some slides, we go through some pictorial evidence of what Broad Street used to look like, you know, how it evolved over time. And basically, from there, we do a shotgun start. So everybody starts at a different basement, and then we kind of rotate. And so nobody's waiting on any one group to get out of a basement oh, and then goes, yeah. So it, it winds up just like a golf shotgun start. Gotcha. And so you know, as you're going along, the people who are walking you to and from, we'll talk a little bit about the history of, of Broad Street itself. You know what you're what you'll see, especially on Tribune Street. That's really fascinating because Tribune Street is a perfect mix of the old that they never fixed with the new. And so, as you're walking on the back of Tribune Street, you'll see arches that that look like you know, hey, there there should have been a doorway there, or there should have been a, a window there. Well, you're right, there there actually was at one time, and when Tribune Street was raised at a later date, they just covered it over. Oh, but. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Well, it's gonna
0: be a lot of fun seeing with, with some of the things you're gonna discover down there, you know, the old architecture, the old way of doing things as well. Um, On the tours, your people, of course, like you said, you have shotgun starts. They're going through each one of the buildings there as well. So the Vogue, uh, it sounds kind of cool see what's in there you guys have done a fantastic job with that building uh been open about a renovator now about, yeah, a year, right? about a year yeah, about a year about a year yeah thank you for that yeah. no y'all did a very nice job on that it's become one of the, one of the event or meeting places downtown and all but yeah getting downstairs seeing some of this stuff as well the some of the things any other surprises i know we asked you if one time before about you know what was a big surprise of course the coffin was you know one of the discussions there so i'm a new person i'm coming in i'm just curious about going to underground room what else am i going to see that really kind of you know, become something I want to put on Facebook.
1: Sure. So you'll get to see some really cool examples of how people actually thought about building buildings. So one thing you'll see is, is how they just took floor joists that today would be, you know, number one select structural. You'd, you'd pay out the wazoo for it at the hardware store. And they just scrapped them and started over because wood was so... So plentiful back then, right? Okay. And they just raised floors like it was no big deal. I mean, and so you want to take a floor, you want to raise it four feet up, no big deal. They just ripped it out and rip, raised it four feet up. And the great thing about that is the exterior of the walls are all brick, and they're normally about a foot thick, maybe a f- one foot four inches thick or something like that. But when they shoved the wood joist into the brick, they would do something called a fire cut, which means if you can imagine looking at a floor joist and the ends are cut at an angle, and what would happen is when the buildings would catch on fire, the floors would eventually collapse. But because they cut that on an angle, the floor would collapse down into the building, but it wouldn't take the brick with it. I'll be darned. Yeah.
0: That's that's amazing. That
1: that one small construction detail has probably saved more buildings on Broad Street and just in general than than anything. Well, tell yeah, we could probably do a separate
0: program about, about floods, about fires on Broad Street as well. One well, thing I didn't, I just mentioned the, the uh, immortal word Facebook here. I didn't mean to scare anybody there. But uh, actually, you could cheat, and we should say that. If you're listening at your computer right sure. now, uh, you can go to Facebook. You have, an under, you have an Underground Rome Facebook
1: page. Underground Rome Facebook page. We try to post, although I will admit I have been negligent it. We try to post, you know, interesting photos, uh, old photos that we have and, and photos that we take during the tour and give you more information about it and everything. It's a really good resource for if you just kind of want to peruse around and see what's there. So if you're listening right now, go to that page. You can open up. You got an incredible.
0: You guys have a pretty good amount of photos there.
1: We do. We do. Yeah. We tr- I haven't updated as much as I'd like,
0: but we do. Well, for folks who are just coming in there, that's a, that's going to be a nice nice resource as well. What else about Underground Rome should we know about? We talk about being down and dirty. I mean, it's just it's just kind of cool. We spend somewhere captivated by the retail and the restaurants and you know, parking, I guess. But other things on Broad Street. But yeah, really, the history is really what's one floor below.
1: Right. I think the most fascinating thing. Was the, I guess, courage is the proper word, of the city commission at the time, to actually tell all the people on Broad Street that you're going to have to raise your building, that we're going to raise Broad Street, and that's happening, and there's nothing you can do about it. Can and you that, imagine Facebook back oh then? Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: But seriously, A what dumpster was, fire? Right. Oh, I, incredible. But I think about it. But what, you know, looking now, how many years
1: in the future here? Yeah, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. And, you know, the odd thing about it is to go from one building to the next. Imagine, you know, the sidewalks now on Broad Street. Imagine having to walk five steps up to go to Harvest Moon and then eight more steps down to go to Mellow Mushroom. Amazing. That's the way it used yep. to be pretty much everywhere on Broad Street. No, no building floor was the same. And so it was pretty forward thinking to say, not only are we going to raise Broad Street, but when we raise Broad Street, every single building owner has to, has to match it.
0: That's something else. It is. It's so got to be on the same level. Yeah. I mean, and that, now, I think uh, something we talked about in the past, I think the city assisted financially. They too.
1: did. They assisted financially. If you spent more than $100, they would reimburse you. Wow. Yeah. But, of course, from the articles that Kelly found reading through the notes of the city commission minutes and everything, apparently in 1893, the Rome City school system went over budget and the Rome City Commission also went over budget. And so part of the reason that the Rome City Commission went over budget is because they had to raise Broad Street. So to compensate for those two problems, they added a seven cents Sales tax or property tax on every one hundred dollars worth of property value.
0: Now, would this have been the origin of the special purpose local option sales taxes <laughs> Probably that would are have still been. here today? No. <laughs> Probably <laughs> no, would have been. You would wonder about how to compensate all those people. Sure. You know, any any rough idea about how many businesses were involved in that? I mean, you know, dozens for sure. Probably seventy. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing it was it was something else. It, but again, great, you know they saw they knew what they were doing. I mean, look, yeah. look at
1: the, the benefits today, that's awesome out there. well, and the, the other amazing thing to think about, and I haven't really found how they did this, but moving eight feet of dirt with you know horse and buggy because they didn't have yep. they didn't have bulldozers, they didn't have modern you know equipment of any kind, where did they get the dirt from? Number one. I've heard several theories. But well, there really were eight hills in Rome, and now we only see <laughs> That might be one of them. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that is, even for modern equipment, that would be quite oh, yeah. a job.
0: And imagine the time it would take. You know, we're so yeah. impatient nowadays. Imagine the time involved in that as well. You had a photo you showed the other day that um, showed a dump truck.
1: Yes. In an old building. Yes. So the Rome News Tribune building, the old Rome News Tribune building, used to be at the corner of second avenue and broad street and where that building used to be we now have a turn lane and a parking lot for the spires and when that building burned and then it was kind of left in a dilapidated condition they tore it down i believe in 91 and when they were tearing it down we have a picture of a dump truck and a bulldozer in the basement of that building that's how deep that basement is it's it's unbelievable. It's probably twelve to thirteen feet deep. Isn't that something? It is.
0: Any of these basements you're going to, you, you'll be touring or you have toured. Are they still in service?
1: I.e., is someone storing stuff down there or? A few of them still still use it. Not. I haven't found one that uses all of it. But Blue Sky still uses a little bit of theirs. Oh, that's cool. Uh huh. Stella Blue has kind of a quasi basement, and they still use a, a little bit of theirs. Um, but nobody uses their basement full service like they would have back in the
0: day. See, I'm thinking of like Bob Bloomberg putting like a wine cellar down there or something like that below Johnny's. You know
1: what? Probably if if you could build out the basement of Johnny's, that very well might be the coolest bar on Broad Street.
0: Well, wouldn't that be cool? It would be cool. It's funny. We're seeing so many. Now we're starting to see the, uh, what do you call it, the rooftop bars. Yeah, out, yeah. Do a little underground as well. One thing about this, we always ask our guests if people need more information about this. I mean, you guys got just some great stuff here. Again, we want to recommend highly. Should have said this from the start to go to that Facebook page just to get some of the visuals in this sure. as well. How
1: do they reach you guys? Who do they reach? So they can go to the Visitor Center at the Caboose across from Steak and Shake on Jackson Hill and buy tickets. They can go to the Underground Rome Facebook page. And if they have any questions, they can reach out to me, mark at com. M A R K at cevian
0: That sounds great. One quick question. I meant to bring this back up. Um, we talk about flooding and how you know, the history it has in Rome and all, what's happening in the past. If folks may remember we had some pretty high water this past winter. We had an incredible amount of water. of rain this winter. I remember we talked about this before. Here we are driving on Tribune Street coming off of 2nd Avenue right behind Hawthorne and behind some of the buildings. There are the pumps. Underway at the Vogue and other locations, I guess maybe at History Museum. Yes. Uh, yes. Both had had some flood, you
1: know, and I say flood, water coming into the basement. Sure. And the interesting thing is, so the, the river aquifer goes underneath Broad Street, at least to some extent. And so when the, when the river rises, so does the aquifer. And that's where you get some of the flooding from. The spring that travels down third is certainly, you know, the cause for some of that as well. But the other interesting thing is that it was always kind of intended to work that way. So when Broad Street, the original storm sewers for Broad Street were the basements of the building. So when it would rain on Broad Street, the water would just flow into the basement of the buildings and then it would sit there and find its way back down into the aquifer. So you can imagine on a hot summer day after a parade with a bunch of horses, it would, uh, it would have been, you know, quite the smell. That
0: independence might have been a in day, might have been a very big thing back then, That's <laughs> awesome stuff there. Mark, thank you very much for your time. It's yeah, fascinating stuff yeah. there as well. Thanks for having me. Get a chance. Well, you bet. Get a chance, folks. Give it a tour. It won't, like you said, this is, uh, you do it every year. Um, this year, doing it, you know, in June, but I mean, it's a, is it, it's usually the same. Usually, month? usually in the summer, sometime. All right. So, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you for your time today. We appreciate that. I want, to thank, uh, I want to thank Todd for his help on production of this as well, Brand Red Studios. This is John Druckermel from Hometown Head, Headlines Podcast Edition thanking you for your time today.